Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah Waliya salihin Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Khatam al-anbiya'i wa mursaleen Allahumma salli wa sallam Ala abdika wa rasulika muhammad Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa man da'a bida'watihi Wa stanna bi sunnati Ila yawmiddin Wa sallam tasliman kathira Amma ba'd فَأُوصِيكُمْ وَنَفْسِي بِتَقْوَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَالسَّمْعِ وَالطَّاعَةِ وَيَقُولُ الْحَقُّ سُبْحَانَهُ وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَالِغُ أَمْرِهِ قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدْرًا all praises are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds. And surely the best reward is for those who have the consciousness of Allah. And surely there is no ill feeling or animosity except for the oppressor. And I bear witness that Allah is one and has no partners. And that Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, is his servant and his last messenger. And may Allah always and constantly send peace and blessings to Muhammad, to his family, to his companions, to all those who call to his way, establish the sunnah to the day of judgment. As to what follows, I begin by reminding myself again and you to have taqwa, that we should culture our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and recognize that it is the most important element in our whole lives. It is taqwa that gives us the understanding to make the right decisions. It is taqwa that informs our Creator that we are serious. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in His mighty book concerning taqwa and told us in Surah Al-Talaq that whoever has the consciousness of Allah has that connection then Allah will make a way out for him he will provide for that person from a place that he never thought then Allah continues and tells us and whoever depends upon Allah, then Allah is sufficient. Surely Allah will reach His purpose. And He has made a limit for everything. These are divine words revealed through the Prophet Muhammad directly to us. Telling us the importance of taqwa. The importance of the consciousness of Allah. And then reminding us also that our tawakkul, our dependence, has to be only on Allah Azza wa Jal. But the Prophet ﷺ made it very clear that you have tawakkul on Allah, at the same time you tie your camel. So you depend upon Allah, but you do what is necessary in this life in order to bring about the results. So a Muslim does not just have blind faith. We recognize that the ultimate 
decision maker in our life is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we are tested with a choice. Constantly making the right choice, we choose to do right or we choose to do wrong. And the Prophet ﷺ spoke about taqwa in many places. And in speaking about this, one time he was asked, Su'ila Rasulullah an aktari ma yudkhil nas al jannah, faqala taqwa Allah wa husnul khuluq. Once the Prophet ﷺ was asked, what is the main reason why people would enter paradise? And he said, taqwa Allah, the consciousness of Allah and good character. That is the main reason why. It is not the amount of your prayers, although that's important. It is not the length of your beard, although that can be from the sunnah. It is not just the food you eat or the slogans you say, but the character, the manifestation. What are we doing in this world? How does it come out? So two factors, taqwa Allah wa husnul khuluq. So the consciousness of Allah leads to the character. It leads, it, it, it initiates character. And so if we really do believe in Allah, if we really want to be a good person, then we shouldn't be swearing, we shouldn't be lying, we shouldn't be involved in haram activities, because that is the manifestation, as the Prophet ﷺ said. وَسُئِلَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَكْثَرِ مَا يُدْخِلَ النَّاسَ النَّارِ فَقَالَ الْفَمُ وَالْفَرَجِ He was also asked, what is the main reason why people would enter the fire? And he said, the mouth and the private parts. And we see today how crucial it is, the things that we say. We see the test that is on us in this world, the fitna, the trial and tribulations. And the trial and tribulations of our relationship, male and female, family building, this is one of the most crucial issues that we are facing in this world. And so we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We seek refuge in His complete words from the evil He has created. And the Prophet ﷺ would say, أعوذ بكلمات بكلمات الله التامات من شر ما خلق I seek refuge in the complete words of Allah from the evil He has created. And so on this day of Jummah, this is the day when Muslims traditionally would take refuge in Surat Al-Kaf. It is in Surat Al-Kaf that information comes, that protection comes, that was crucial for the believers in those days, and is getting more and more crucial as we go toward the day of judgment, Ayam al-Fitin. The time of trials and the tribulations. And the trials are getting worse and worse as time goes by. But the greatest of trials, which has not come yet, is the tr trial of Masihi Dajjal. And the Prophet ﷺ has reported to have said, مَنْ حَفِذَ أَشَرَ آيَاتٍ مِنْ أَوَّلْ سُورَةُ الْكَفِ عَصَمَ مِنْ فِتْنَةَ الدَّجَّالِ رواه مسلم Whoever memorizes ten verses from the beginning of Surah Al-Kaf will be protected from the trial and the test 
of the Antichrist. Then he said, Men qara al kahf yom al juma fahuwa ma'asum ila tamaniyati ayyam min kulli fitnatin takun fa in kharaja dajjal asama minhu. Then the Prophet ﷺ said that if a person reads Surah Al Kahf on the day of Jummah, he will be protected. He will be protected for eight days from every fitna that will appear. And if Dajjal appears, he will be protected. So Surah Al Kahf is a crucial chapter from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is crucial for us in these days, not only to just read, but to begin to understand. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this chapter so important? What are the circumstances surrounding the chapter of the cave? What are the stories about the main individuals in the chapter of the cave? This is something for us to study in details in details to understand what Allah Azza wa Jal was giving us. There are many great lessons in Surah Al-Kahf. And it is reported that in the fourth year of the Meccan period, after the beginning of the Nubuwa, the prophethood, the Quraysh were punishing the Muslims, severely punishing, torturing them, driving them out of their homes, taking their lives, stealing their property. And the mustada'afin, the weaker ones of the Muslims were in trouble, and even the stronger ones were in trouble. And it reached the point where the Prophet ﷺ clearly stated to his followers, he gave them direction, and it is based upon revelation. Because it was in the middle of the fifth year that Surah Al-Kahf is revealed. Right at the time of the height of the fitna of the trials and the tribulations. And it is a chapter of movement. It is movement. And we see of the, of the many stories in Surah Al-Kahf, we find that the chapter itself is named after Ashab Al-Kahf, the companions of the cave. And these are people who are followers of Isa who had to flee with their faith to protect their religion. So the key issue is they just didn't run away, but they were protecting their religion. We also find in this chapter, we find the story of Musa salam. That Musa salam was seeking knowledge and he had to make movement in order to reach this knowledge. We also find the story of Dhu Qarnayn, the righteous king who traveled in the earth. He traveled in the earth, confronting the fitna, confronting the trials and the tribulations that people were facing all over the world. And that it is interesting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals to us in Surah Al-Zumar, Ya ayyuhalladheena amunattaqu rabbakum So the verse starts, O you who believe, have the consciousness of, of your Lord. Fear your Lord. Taqwa, right? And then one of the key verses of hijrah, of movement, is revealed. لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا فِي هَذِهِ الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا 
وَأَرْضُ اللَّهِ وَاسِعَةٌ إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ So Allah revealed in this mighty verse, O you who believe, fear your Lord, have the consciousness of your Lord. For those who do righteousness in this world, there will be righteousness. لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا فِي هَذِهِ الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا So anybody who does righteousness, you will get righteousness for this. But then Allah said, وَأَرْضُ اللَّهِ وَاسِعًا Allah's earth is wide. Don't restrict yourself to one particular path. And then Allah finished the verse by saying, Verily, the patient ones will gain their reward without any account. An unending reward will come for those who have sabr. And so with this encouragement and direction, the Prophet ﷺ spoke to his followers. And he is reported to have said, لَوْ خَرَجْتُمْ إِلَىٰ أَرْضَ الْحَبَشَىٰ فَإِنَّ بِهَا مَلِكًا لَا يَظْلُمُ عِنْدَهُ أَحَدٍ وَهِيَ أَرْضُ صِدْقٍ حَتَّى يَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ فَرَجًا مِمَّا أَنْتُمْ فِي The Prophet ﷺ said to his followers, If you, my companions, go out to Al-Habasha, go to Abyssinia, go across the Red Sea to Ethiopia. In other words, he's telling them, make hijrah. Make hijrah. He said, if you would go to Al-Habasha, there is a king in it, who does not oppress anybody. He doesn't allow oppression. And it is a land of truth. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, go there until the time when Allah gives you an opening and changes your conditions. And so this is divine guidance coming from the Prophet ﷺ telling them to go across the Red Sea, not to a Muslim country, but to a country of Christian people. Christian people who are ruled by a Christian. How was the Christian described? The Prophet ﷺ said, he is a king, he doesn't allow oppression. So in other words, the Muslims were allowed to migrate to a land where there would be safety where their basic rights would be respected as human beings. He gave them the permission to, to do this. But he told them, stay in this place until you get a chance to come back. So he did not leave it that you stay there forever. Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sorts out your situation. And many people when they look at muhajireen, when they look at the people who are making hijrah, and the world today says refugees, there are refugees for many different reasons. And we ourselves have to recognize that this is part of our tradition. And it is not something which is only the weak people in the earth. The people who could not stand for the religion. And there's an interesting quote by one of the great scholars of Islam, Ibn Kathir, in his history book called Al-Bidaya wa Nihaya. This is a very important Islamic history book. And to give you some details about this hijrah, I quote Ibn Kathir, and he said, فَخَرَجَ عِنْدَ ذَلِكَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ 
min min ashabi rasulullah sallam ila ardi habasha makhafat alfitna wa firaran ila allah bidinihim he said and so at that point when the prophet peace be upon him made this statement companions of the prophet peace be upon him left out of their lands to abyssinia having fear of the fitna the trials and tribulation they were going to however they were running or they were moving to protect their religion they were protecting their religion so this is not a hijra of fear this is not a political hijra but this is a hijra of the deen ثم and then ibn kathir continues فكانت اول الهجره في الاسلام فكان اول من خرج من المسلمين عثمان ابن عفان وزوجته رقيه بن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم so ibn kathir continues and he said this was the first migration in islam this was the first hijra and it was the first time that the muslims went out and the first amongst them to go was uthman ibn affan and his wife ruqayya the daughter of the prophet muhammad peace and blessings be upon him wa radiyallahu anhuma this is the ashraf this is the best of the muslims this is the family of the prophet sallallahu who's making hijra so we cannot look at hijra or look at a, a muslim refugee looking down on that person it is the best of humanity who was the first of the muslims to leave out of their lands no doubt hijra in all its forms has become an international phenomena all people are called on to deal with this this crisis of mass migration on the planet the united nations has just released information saying that now they say that there are over 244 million migrants or refugees in the world since the year 2000 the migrants those fleeing their countries it has increased 41% there are more people leaving their countries than babies being born it is higher than the international birth rate so this is a reality but i remind myself and you that the hijra of islam is a special hijra and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not speak from himself and he said very clearly in authentic hadith faman kana hijratu ila allahi wa rasuli fa hijratuhu ila allahi wa rasuli wa man kana hijratuhu li dunya yusibuha aw imra'atun yankihuha fa hijratuhu ila mahajira ilayh the prophet sallallahu said in speaking about this is the famous hadith of niyyah in the al-a'malu bin-niyyat the prophet sallallahu said but whoever's migration is for allah and his messenger it'll be for allah and his messenger but if the migration is to get married or to get something from the world then that's all they're going to get and so the hijra amongst us is a hijra leaving for our faith and what is so beautiful about the hijra 
to Al-Habasha is that the Prophet ﷺ wrote to Najashi, the leader of the Ethiopians. He wrote a diplomatic brotherly letter. And Najashi accepted Islam. But there was no pressure, there was no force for the Muslims going into a Christian land. They were not forced to become Christians. And there was no force in the letter of the Prophet ﷺ to Najashi. It was a brotherly letter describing to him that our belief in Isa is fundamentally the same. And so Najashi accepted this, Allah opened his heart and he accepted Islam. And when he passed away, the Prophet ﷺ was informed, he gathered his followers and he said, line up, one of your brothers has died, died today. And they made Salat al-Janazah lil-Ghaib, Janazah for the absent person for the first time. And so it was a beautiful hijrah. And this is the ongoing situation we are in. And Alhamdulillah, we have brothers and sisters now coming in in large waves. But this is not the first wave. The majority of us here, including myself, were not born in Canada. We are all migrants in a sense. So we need to look upon this movement as something which is a, a, the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the duty of the believers to be involved. And alhamdulillah, the parallel is that as safety was in Abyssinia, there is safety here in Canada, alhamdulillah. And the society has opened up. And that is a parallel that we need to be thankful for. Because it may not be the same thing just south of the border. And so, we need to recognize those people who are embracing our migrants, our muhajireen, in the same way as Najashi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses people. In the United States, in the month of December, in a Christian college that is called Wheaton College, is a famous Christian college in America. One of the tenured professors, an African-American woman, a tenured professor, Laricia Hawkins, she went online, she went openly to the press, and she put on hijab. In the face of Islamophobia raging in the land in America, she put on hijab, and she said clearly, that the belief of Muslims and Christians and Jews, it is Abrahamic religion. It's ultimately the same God. And because of this, she has been suspended from her job and probably will be fired, a tenured professor. But she is not backing down. This is not a Muslim. It's somebody that inspiration is coming through. And we need to make a dua for her that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would accept her and enter into the faith of Islam as he entered Najashi, Rahimahullah. And so, in this situation that we find ourselves, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is manifesting miracles around us. And Allah is giving us a parallel with the first hijrah of Islam. And so we can live Islam now, we can now begin to implement what was shown to us in the life of Rasulullah 
By taking our position as a community, by supporting our muhajireen, by encouraging those who are not Muslim, who are supporting muhajireen, and showing solidarity with them, and praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He would open up the Muslim world, that He would bring peace back to the lands of Islam. We need to pray constantly that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would bring peace back to Syria and to Iraq and Afghanistan and Somalia and all of the lands where the Muslims are suffering now to bring peace and stability back to this land and to raise up rightly guided leaders who can take us in a, in a balanced way from darkness into light. May Allah clear our hearts of any ill feeling. May Allah guide all those who are traveling in His path. And may Allah give them and us success in this life and the hereafter. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi wa lakum wa lisa'ili muslimina min kulli dhambin istaghfiru innahu huwa ghafura rahim. Alhamdulillah al-wahad al-ahad al-fard al-samad الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد وأصلي وأسلم على خاتم الأنبياء ومرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين وبعد فيقول صلى الله عليه وسلم من صلى علي وحده صلى الله عليه بها عشرة اللهم صل وسلم على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ورد الله عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبو بكر عمر عثمان وعلي وأنا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتري لولا هدانا الله ربنا لا تزي قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكف عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا ما ربرا اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إباد الله يرحمكم الله إن الله يعمل بالعدل والإسان وإتاذ قربة وينهى عن الفحشاء ومنكر البغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون قوموا إلى صلاتكم يرحمكم الله